What is it that I think could make me happy in 10 years? What is it even that I think could make me happy in one year? Where do I want to end up? So where is your North Star? And as soon as you found your North Star or defined your North Star, you ask yourself, what can I do? What is the shortest thing that I could do to test if this North Star is the right direction? If I can find something, if it's from just talking to someone up to participating in a smaller project, you find this one thing that you can test and then you go in that direction. And then after you finish this test, after you talk to that person, you evaluate what is the data that you got out of this. You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders, and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes, and hear about their interesting experiences. Hey, it's Elvis, and you are listening to the Startup Playground Podcast 2020 version. That means that from now on, you'll be able to hear this show in a different way than before. On this episode, we're gonna talk about a goal setting that seems very interesting topic for me. And setting goals is one of the crucial aspects when you want to achieve, no matter in life, in corporate business, and how to actually deliver on those. Therefore, I have been joined by Louis Joseph, founder and CEO of Lidi, and a strategic mind behind a concept called leadership of uncertainty. What is this and how it's connected to the goal setting? Let's understand it now. Hey, Louis. Hey, Elvis. Happy to be here. Thanks for joining me. I think goal setting and actually delivering this, it's something that a lot of people are not doing it. Personally, me, I sometimes like, why should I do that? You know, goals set some kind of target and then you can follow up, right? For a lot of people, it's kind of a North Star. Goal setting is actually something, even if you don't do it consciously, it's always something that drives you forward. What a lot of people don't understand is that something that is a phrase that is being used way too often is that it's not about the destination, it's about the process. A lot of people, however, not challenge this question in the regard of what does it mean in terms of goal setting? Do I now set goals that are too high to achieve and what happens then with it? What I think, and I didn't come up with it myself, actually, is that the goal is not the end destination. The goal is a mean to an end. So it's about defining something in which direction you want to go. However, though, what drives you forward at the end of the day is something rooted deeper. So it's about we are now touching upon values, priorities, principles. And those are the kind of things that guide your daily decision making. And... The goals are just a manifestation of how could this look like? What do I want to achieve in order to fulfill those values, to stay true to those priorities that I have? You know, before we start, you could tell everyone what is actually Liti. And as I mentioned in the beginning, how it is connected to so-called strategic concept developed by you, leadership of uncertainty. Yeah, so Liti itself, it started out as a phrase that I just really, really liked for myself. Due to my background in advertising and management consulting, I had a lot of experience in design thinking and agile working. And what both of them really take into consideration is, first of all, everything that you develop needs to develop somewhat organically. It needs to make sense from a 
perspective how humans work, how nature works. And this is where design thinking came into to the place. And the second thing is, even if you know in which direction you want to go, you always need to reflect and revise and to see, are you still on track? Is this still the right direction to go? And this is where agile working methods came into place. What I just do, because I need to make everything a little bit easier for me to understand, otherwise it gets too complicated, is I try to find an umbrella that puts those both of those topics together. And for me, that is the, the connection point is in which kind of situation do you need that kind of leadership that comes from within and fulfills you from inside out? And the second thing is in which kind of situation do you need to iterate rather quickly? Listening to many speeches and talks, whether it's in universities or somewhere, or even in companies, many company leaders are experiencing this lack of confidence in which direction this company will go. There's a sentence that smart people know that they don't know, and that always reflects this mentality that you don't need to predict what the future will look like. There's a lot of lean startup principles come into place right now, um, where if you're an, a modern investor doesn't say, give me your business plan, a modern investor wants to see a business canvas. And that is just because they want to see in which direction are you heading right now. And apart from that picture that you're painting, I'm going to reflect upon you as a person rather than your prediction on what the financial forecast will look like. So taking this all back to leadership for uncertainty, how do you prepare your company or yourself for a future where you don't know what the future will look like? The future might look rather different. And what I say or what I understood from design thinking and agile management disciplines is as soon as you start developing yourself organically, as soon as you start making decisions that fulfill you and that makes you grow from in a direction that is very close to the evolutionary principles and you iterate and revise on those on a regular basis, then no matter in which direction you are going to be thrown in, you will survive fairly good compared to everyone else who tries to set a goal that is very far in the future and try to, and then they realize at stage two that they will never arrive at stage 10. And in the worst case scenario, all the work that you did from stage one to stage two is not even something that can be used right now. So leadership uncertainty is more a mindset and a concept that follows Prepare yourself that you are ready for any time to change the course. And you can achieve that with principles from design thinking and agile working. In an article that you also have shared on your LinkedIn, Lead Tech, you have written a thing that really stood in my mind that by 2030, there will be a positions that haven't been invented yet. Yeah. So that's one of those beautiful metrics that people throw out there. So... It's not a number I brought up. It's from, from a statistic. I think this specific one is actually from Accenture. And in one of their surveys, they just brought up this sentiment because it is a sentiment. It's not a fact. Take into consideration how many new jobs are being invented daily and how many old jobs are being left on the tracks, left behind because of digitization and digital transformation. By 2020, 80% of those jobs that exist today, uh, that will exist in the future, won't even be invented today. And that is because new technologies or new business innovation models won't require many jobs that are required today. And at the same time, this will create new possibilities, new opportunities for today's students to develop in a new direction. And those students who today will already adapt uh, skills in artificial intelligence, for example, those will be the people who will come up with new problems 
that need to be solved and new problems that need to be solved require a new position, require a new person that takes the responsibility over those new problems. And that sentiment, this is what this numbers want to say. If you cannot be the project manager in 10 years, or if the project manager in 10 years is not the same project manager today, how can you prepare for that project manager? The project manager of the future will be invented by the ones who develop today on a skill base in a direction that is not market-led and that is more intrinsically-led. So the people who follow their dreams, I would say, through artificial intelligence and pursue this passion and pursue this profession, they will be the one inventing the new profession. So that will require that you have a shift in your mindset today if it comes to education, if it comes to making decisions. Talking about education, do you think that everybody has to go to university? Meaning that do you think that current educational institutions provide valuable knowledge that actually can be used in real world? Funny that you bring this up. I actually had a conversation today with a social theorist. So what the social theorist told me, his perception on education is, you will learn no matter what. You will always learn in every kind of situation that you are in. The question more is, how fast will you learn it? How new or foreign is this situation that you are in? And which area the situation will be? How, how much will you be challenged in this situation? So if we take this principle that you will learn no matter what for granted, then you don't need to go to university in order to learn. Actually, I would go even one step further. What the university meant 20 years ago is not the same or the same relevance even of what it is today. The university is one of those areas um, that is about to be disrupted in a majorly way. And they are fighting today to maintain their relevance in this whole situation. So yes, you will learn skills and capabilities in universities that you only can learn here. However, though, what makes it special from the university point of view or from a student point of view to go to the university is not anymore to become a mar marketing major. You don't go to university today in order to develop this very specific skill. Today you go to university because of the title and the social status that it gives you, whereas most of the education that you actually will require and will acquire will be something that you get outside of the university. There are the MOOCs, the mass online education platforms that come into place. Even Yale or Stanford publicize and out-free-sourced most of their content. So the university realizes If the content itself, the readings itself, is not what makes us unique, what is it? So, and what it is at the end of the day are the social interactions, the social capabilities, the growth that you do personally and professionally, the connections that you will build up during the university and even as after the university is over. A direction that even the CBS today is doing is towards the students that has left the university. So the lifelong learning comes very strongly into the picture here. My grandma used to say that, you know, in life, you never stop learning. No matter where you are, you always learn new things and there is always something new to learn. Exactly. So. And your grandma was on point there where a lot of people in high positions still are struggling with to realize that. They are still um, maintaining or taking their firm grip around this concept of you need to go to the university in order to be able to... Um, do a specific job in the future. There's another number, 13%. If you ask employees, 13% of students are only identified as ready for the job market as soon as they graduated from university. 
That means there are 87% of students who enter the labor market, who, according to their future colleagues, are not ready yet. Turning this around, I spoke to a few other friends of mine and other students from the year beneath me. I asked them, what do you think is the value proposition of a university? And I said, would you confirm, actually, Could, would you agree with the fact that the university needs to prepare you for the job market? And whereas I thought there would be an obvious yes coming in, coming in my way, a lot of them actually ask, and 50% of the people were frightened because that would mean, fuck, in, in a few months, I'm, I need to be ready. I need to be ready for the job market. What does it mean to be ready? I don't, feel, I don't even feel like an adult today. Why do I need to be ready for something that always has this ferment? And the other 50% said, I, I am not doing this for being ready for anything. I pursue this very specific degree because this is something, this is a content that I really enjoy. I enjoy learning this content. Or even this is an experience that I enjoy doing right now. It's coming together with friends. Because like the social theorist said, this is some kind of learning situation. If you look at certain kind of presidents of certain specific countries, then you will know knowing a lot is not what makes you successful in life. If knowing a lot is not what makes you successful in life, so why are you still going to the university? Definitely not because then you will know that A plus B equals C. You will go to the university because the people connection that you do, because it frames the way you think. It frames the way you approach problems. It frames the way you build your values. So if you had a, an option, in one hand you had a university education, right? Yeah. And the other hand you have a life experience, which is more valuable to you as a person who is actually into all this? Which you consider more I, valuable? I don't think those are two things that you can compare because the university is a life experience, but a life experience doesn't necessarily need to be a university experience, right? And this is actually a great way to jump into the conversation of goal setting. It always comes to the question of what do you want to achieve? What do you, what do you wish for yourself at the end of the day? And if you wish for yourself that you get a very specific job in a very specific company, then you can make a goal, a good goal, that lets you end up in that direction. Because then you know where your North Pole is. You say, I want to be the project manager at Maersk. Then you talk to project manager today at Maersk. You talk to the HR person at Maersk and you ask what are the requirements that you need to fulfill. You have a checklist now and now just work off that checklist. That is a specific goal. That is something that you can measure. And you know even in which direction you need to go in order to get those checkpoints signed off. That is a good goal. You know where to go and it, you have a very good understanding. Is it the right goal, however? And if, it's, if something is the right goal, that's a more difficult question because now you need to listen to yourself. Because a right goal would never be, I want to be the project manager at Maersk. The right goal is something that comes from inside out. So I want to have a very specific kind of impact. What kind of impact do you want to have? Why do you want to have that impact? Which way does it affect you? And if you take example with the project manager of Maersk and you make a conversation out of it, I would ask them in order to get from that good goal to the right goal, I would ask a person, why do you want to be at Maersk? And then uh, they say, because maybe I am coming from a family where my father, my grandfather, they've all been at Maersk and friends of mine worked at Maersk and I see all the benefits that they have. And those benefits, this life that they live, that actually makes me quite happy. 
So I, I want to have that. And I then ask, okay, what kind of benefits are those? Yeah, they have 30 days of uh, holidays. Uh, at the same time, they're one of they're part of the biggest logistic uh, company in the world. So at the same time, it's, it's the big thing in, uh, about status and ego a little bit. You know, you want to talk to your friends and be proud of where you work. Say, okay, why project manager? Yeah, because those are the people who are in control. Those are the people who, you know, bring together and organize a very complicated process. So, okay. So, so far what I heard from you is you, you want a lot of vacation days, right? So why do you want vacation days? Yeah, because I can travel. I can travel a lot. And at a very specific point, I have actually quite secure future. So, okay. So instead of saying you want to be a project manager and mask, Say you want to have a job that gives you the flexibility to travel. You want to have a job that gives you the possibility to organize and manage to be the center of a lot of different processes that brings processes together. And you want to work for something that makes you proud, that fulfills you. So if you take those aspects as North Poles, something that fulfills you, something that gives you flexibility and something where you are the organizing person, then you have way a larger variety of direction that you could go you could test out different smaller experiments that gives gives you knowledge and data of those different aspects of those different routes is this something that i want to have then find find someone who has this flexibility talk to them and now you can iterate you can redirect and you have better possibilities to actually end up in a very fulfilling situation instead of doing the guess that guess number one project manager at math is what makes you specifically happy you don't even know that. And guess number two, this project manager at Maersk will even exist when you end up after that graduation line. Because the world will continue to change from today to tomorrow. And maybe in two years when you're done with your graduation, maybe there won't even be the need for a project manager. Maybe there will be some fancy tool. And now you've been working on the checklist and you have no idea what to do now because this position that you, this North Star that you aim for yourself doesn't exist anymore. Whereas if you look on those values that I mentioned, having a fulfilling life, having flexibility to travel, etc., etc., being organized, those are very hard values and goals to kick you off. If you don't make the experience yourself that that is just wrong, then it doesn't matter whether it's the project manager at Maersk or a travel agent somewhere else. And that is how you set goals that are independent or are not disrupted by the disruptive world outside. So this is on a personal level, and this is just as important for any kind of business today. There's Logitech. Logitech, been, they have been in the misery around 2003, and they almost died out. And it, actually, just summer, this summer, we just been there, and we did a longer workshop with them where we talked about new directions and market opportunities and which direction they need to head. And my class and I, we, or the smaller study group, we actually could talk on eye level with our general manager about how should they proceed? And one thing, and then they told us about how they almost died out around 2003. And that was when they were focusing on a very specific niche and they were the best in that specific niche. And at some point they got a new CEO and this new CEO said, okay, how about instead of doing this very specific product, which would be the pendant to the project manager at Maersk, how to focus on this very specific product? Why not, and this is a never ending story, why not focusing on the value proposition that we do and the value proposition that we want to do is being the best in sound? How can we not just find better ways or different ways, modern ways to fulfill on this value proposition? And out of this focus on creating a better experience, they built out a whole new department for cloud products. 
They built out a new apartment just for sound products and they diversified in a very broad way, but all along the value proposition. And that made Logitech now become one of the biggest distributors and uh, producers in terms of sound and games, game hardware, gaming hardware. And that is what pushed them from out of the danger zone where they almost died out towards one of the biggest, biggest and most important hardware producers today. So even they changed back then from this goal perspective setting where you say, I want to predict the future because this specific hardware product will be the most important towards a more value-driven approach that sounds fluffy, but actually gives you the flexibility to just create an even stronger impact for you or your business. But that means that they are setting the right goals for mm. the future, basically. Yeah, exactly. The right goals. Because they're thinking kind of into the future. They're looking already projecting and they know what's going to happen in that year. So they don't run out of the business. Humans are really good in understanding what they see. They're really bad in predicting what they cannot see. So you can't predict what the future will look like, but you see what is happening right now. And if you see what is happening right now, then you can use the technologies around you to say, where are the gaps and where are the blind spots and where can we utilize our strong suit, our strong arm the most? And this is what Logitech did. Logitech found their niche again. They found their, their market gap and they said, instead of looking over the hill, what is it today? What is it right now that we can do? And then they went on from there. They diversified. They went in smaller departments, so the smaller departments can move faster and more iterative way. In the beginning, you mentioned right goals and good goals. Yeah. So what is the difference? Because we agreed that right goals is as Logitech did, that they predicted the future in the future and they set their goals to the right course. Right. Yeah, maybe I was a little bit unclear about that. What I understand the right goals are. Yeah. The right goals are not focused on what is going to happen in the future. The right goals are focused on where do you want to develop yourself? Where do you want to be in terms of what is it that you want to fulfill for yourself? What are your values? And your values will help you set the right goals. So instead of looking into the market and say, I want to be the market leader, you say, what me or my organization, what can we and what do we want to be? And if we want to be the person or the organization that creates this very specific value for end consumers in terms of giving them the best experience in a very specific situation, then you can set yourself up to deliver on those experience. Because then you don't focus on the competitors anymore. Then you don't focus on what are they telling you that you need to do, to which rules do you need to play. If they tell you, and now let's bring it back to Logitech, if they tell you, I want to have a great music experience while I'm hiking in the mountains, then you can find a lot of different ways to deliver those music, this music experience. And that is a very different approach to just say, we want to be the market leader, leader number one in speakers, outside speakers. Because maybe in the future, maybe in 10 years, no one will have outside speakers. And there you are with the best outside Bluetooth speaker in the world, but no one is using outside Bluetooth speakers anymore. But can't, so, you, can't you look into like some kind of pattern of past things and then adapt it to it? It would be great, wouldn't it? I, I mean, mean, that would solve a lot of it would, issues, right? It, it, it would solve a lot of issues. However, though, <laughs> I mean, this the thought that we look into the history and say, all right, this was the pattern that worked in the history. This is going to be how it will be in the future. That completely ignores the question, was it the right way how it was in the history? We can talk about blockbusters if you want to for a second. What was it about blockbusters that made them die out? As soon as Netflix came, no one wants to rent movies anymore. 
And this is why Netflix worked that way and disrupted the whole industry. However, though, what happened afterward, after Netflix came out, and a lot of people are not talking about that anymore, I think the average American citizen has around 10 different kind of subscriptions. So now people are going back to a pay-per-use model. And what you say is extremely important. Never neglect what worked in the past, because there are some things that went right in the past, and that is something that they call articulation. Articulation is a concept from innovation, actually, where you look into the past, but very far back in time, and you see what worked there. So a lot of things didn't, but what worked? And one thing that worked with blockbusters is you didn't need it to pay on a constant basis. You could only pay for what you actually needed right now. So Amazon still has this concept where you can, even from home now, rent movies just by yourself. And there are new pay-per-use business models coming out, even peer-to-peer business models where you don't even buy a new product or rent a new product. You just buy it from someone else in your close proximity. But you could have never predict if you are blockbusters, that the blockbuster model will work in the future because something about blockbusters was crucially wrong if you take this concept and try to rebuild it today. So yes, it's very important to learn from history's mistakes and try to see even what kind of today's innovation can we take out of past things. However, though the environment and the rules along which we play, they are changing constantly and Only in the rarest situations, mostly politics, but only if you look in the private industry, only in the rarest situations, those kind of mistakes that were being done in the past coming back. So how to choose the right goals? So you asked me, what is the difference between good goals and right goals? Yes. So for me, good goals are a method, a technique. It's a mean to an end. You want to achieve something. Now you need to be very precise about what you want to achieve. You need to be very precise on how you want to measure it. And you need to be very aware of how you can achieve it. The right goals is something else, but the right goal is more of a value, a North Star in which direction you want to head. So when you are using those right goals, or you can identify those right goals by two ways. A lot of introspection, but that is a very dangerous method because there are a lot of ways of how to do introspection in a really wrong way, where you end up even worse than before. But how I would say is with small experiments. So in those smaller experiments could be you set your North Star for now. I always wanted to dance. I want to do something with movements. So maybe I want to do something with movements and dance in the future. So instead of doing a five-year business plan on how I can become the best dancer, I do a very small experiment that gives me clearness, that clears up the uncertainty I have about, do I really want to be a dancer? So I maybe just visit one dance class. Maybe I talk to someone who is a professional dancer. Do a small experiment, and if this experiment gives me data out of life experiences that I did myself, that this is the right direction, then I can set another goal that goes in that direction. So you choose the right goals by choosing smaller good goals that gives you data about whether this direction is the right one or not. So let me understand. The right goals is the end goal and good goals are like these kind of small stepping stones towards the right goal. Yeah, I would call it North Star. The right goal is the North Star, the direction which you want to head. And And are all the right goals conceivable to achieve them? Can you 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 achieve? All the right goals. Can you be everything that you want to be? Yes. (laughs) That would be beautiful. 
However, though, so the I think the term fear of missing out FOMO is perfectly placed for this one. You want you want to be everything, and as soon as you started with one thing, you see someone else running past you and be like, mm, "That looks kind of fun too. Maybe I want that too." So now you start losing your track and you jump over to the next one. And while you're jumping over to the next one, you see a very beautiful person on the other side of the street and that is having this t-shirt of this very specific band. And you realize, actually, I love music. And if this band gives me those kind of beautiful people walking around, maybe I want to be uh, pursue music again. So what happens then is that you're pivoting your life decisions every five seconds. But that's distraction. That's distraction. And that will bring you nowhere. And that's the problem. Dan Gilbert, actually, so it's a, he's a very, very famous psychologist who studied what makes people happy and not. And he brought up this research that proves that people who don't have the possibility to change their current life situations are happier than people who have the possibility to change their current life situation. Meaning, if you are in one track and you just need to accept that this track is what is going to be now, then this will make you happier than if you are on one track and you will receive five options to go either left, right or middle at any point given. What many people forget about this is that you can give this direction yourself. You can tell yourself, this is going to be what I'm going to do right now. And if you find that possibility to say no to others, to just focus on one specific goal for now, you will end up happier, even if this specific goal is not that you will end up with. Focusing on one goal doesn't mean that you won't do anything else for the rest of your life. Focusing on one goal right now and being committed to this one goal just means that you will focus on doing smaller experiments on this specific track right now to get the data to know whether this is the right direction. And if this is not the right direction, you can either adjust or pivot completely and go in a complete new direction and you can still find this cool, awesome rock band those possibilities will never go. So let's imagine that we have set some goals, right? Yeah. That's leading us towards some kind of the right end goal. Mm -hmm. But you have to set some good goals to reach that right goal, right? Yeah. So when is the right time to set new goals, basically? And is there some kind of a time frame that mm -hmm. you have to fulfill those goals yeah, and set for yourself before saying, okay, no, this is not working? Because you cannot spend too much time on one goal and then realizing that you have wasted a year just going towards the wrong goal. Let's exactly. Say. You're speaking about one of the biggest dilemmas that are out there. How long should I perceive this one specific goal in order to prove that I'm a committed person? But when is it okay to say I'm quitting now? And that there's no general answer to that. So what I do very specifically uh, is very close to what I just described. I use post-its and I just ask myself, so I do it on a three-month iteration, for example. I ask myself, what are the things that I want to achieve this during those three months? What are the projects that I have in mind? And that is a colorful project. So the colorful project consists of, I need to sign up for some uh, public documents. I need to re register a company. I maybe even want financial stability at the same time. I really want to work out. That is a colorful table afterwards with a lot of different post-its. So and this is kind of the brainstorm ideation phase. After I have that, I group them into the different topics and see what is behind it. After I have done that, I define the bigger topic and the bigger goal that combines both of them. And out of this, I was able to create one, I'm going to call it quote unquote value that is very important for me right now. So if I now know that this value is very important for me, I ask myself, what are possible ways to make this value or to stay true to this specific value? 
So it's a very iterative way of, and design thinking is a, plays a big role in this, of uh, bringing those things together. You know, some time ago, I heard about this thing that each of us are able to help others, yeah. but we cannot help ourselves. And that leads me to this question that you are a person who helps others to set the right goals mm -hmm. through different kind of learnings and um, one of those um, courses that I went to that was that set the right goals for you. But that leads me to question, what are your personal life goals? What are my personal life goals? So you cannot help yourself as kind of it's playing to the sentiment of doctors are the worst patients, I would say, because eating your own medicine still kind of is the hardest that you need to do at the end. So I gave myself one principle and I tried to stay true to this principle as much as possible, which is data. I bring it back to data and I try to gather as much unbiased data that I can get if it's from myself and try to see what I can get out of this. So data can be in this case, for example, what worked out for me, what were situations where I succeeded. I asked my friends, my colleagues, my co-workers, people who see what is happening around me and I asked them for their opinions about my blind spot, my strengths, etc., etc. And then have this data in front of me and try to act as if this is a different person. I try to evaluate in which direction should I go for the next stage. And life goals in this sense is actually something that I stopped pursuing for me. Why? Because I fell on the nose with setting life goals. Extremely. I was a person who had planned out the next 5 to 10 years until 2016, 2017. I had everything planned out from which job I want to have, which person I want to be together with, um, which city I want to live in. I had everything set out and at some point I even achieved it. I was done with my bachelor degree and I had all those checklists being done and found out that I was super miserable in life. I was in a kind of quarter life crisis, which was weird for me because I thought I had achieved everything. You know what I do in this time? Because I kind of hear myself in what you're saying back before I shifted. I live for today and I don't think about tomorrow. Yes, some people judge this decision, but this day can be my last day. So I want to enjoy every exactly. second that's left on this earth. That's beautiful put. And this is literally what I did. I cut off every kind of strings that was making me unhappy. So from ex-girlfriend to job to house to even the city. So this was kind of the birth of Liti, Leadership for Uncertainty. Ask myself, what is the very next thing that I want to achieve for myself? And that sentiment, it was learning skills that are usable to create an impact. For me, that was very clear, management consulting. So I just applied for different kind of management consulting jobs. I got one in a complete different city. I moved there. And ever since what I did was just working one step at a time. Always when I did this planning situation, I asked myself, obviously, where's the North Star? But as soon as I defined my North Star, I just asked myself, what is the next step in order to go in that direction? And then the North Star was already irrelevant at that point. I stopped thinking about the North Star. I just thought about the next step, the very small next step that I want to achieve. And since then, my life journey is going everywhere. My friends from back home, they, they started hating me because I just never came back. Now they completely understand that this is just something that I need to do. And I, ended, I somehow ended up here in Copenhagen doing master degree in entrepreneurship, having started one or maybe even almost two startups at the, at the site. I really have no idea where I will be in four months. I know right now my master thesis is the next stage that I want to finish at the same time because I just am kind of hyperactive. I have two projects at the side. One of them is consulting and doing workshops with people and teams who need them. 
But the furthest goal I have in the future is May 15th when I hand in my master thesis. And I have no idea what will happen afterwards. And I'm living this way now for almost three to four years. And there has been some very hard times on the way to here, but made me super happy so far. And looking at what I achieved so far, it really doesn't seem as if achieving much is a problem. And while other people are just looking at me in terms of where are you going, I have no idea what you are doing because one day you are here, tomorrow you are there. I can handle this. I can I can live with this. And this makes me really happy. But this is something that is very personally and individually. I would never recommend this to anyone because if you don't work that way, then you will have a hard time. That's true. That's really true. You know what I like about this unique environment that we call entrepreneurship? And I, I learned it when I start being entrepreneur. Maybe that's because of the Danish ecosystem of entrepreneurship and startups. Is that startup founders are willing to help others. But why I'm talking about this is because I would like you to suggest actually some uh, key activities for other entrepreneurs in order to achieve their goals. Because, you know, as we agreed in the beginning, and I also mentioned that, you know, a lot of people in counting me are struggling with achieving those goals. Yeah. So what are some of the key activities that you suggest? So this will be the most disappointing question for everyone who's listening to this. <laughs> because... There's no rocket science to either go in the right direction or deliver on your goals. If you want to go in the right direction, talk to people. Talk to people who went that direction and test out the smallest thing that you could do in order to get the data that tells you if this is going to the right direction. If you want to deliver on your goals, ask yourself, what is the next best thing until Sunday that I can do in order to go in this direction? So as soon as you have talked to someone who can give you that experience, As soon as you did this small experiment that gives you the data about yourself or whether about that assumption that you have works, just readjust the direction. So what you're suggesting is to think short term rather than long term. You can think long term, but if you want to run a mile, and now I'm not talking about an actual mile, I'm talking about mile in a life stage kind of sense. If you want to be at a different point in a later life stage, As soon as you arrived at that life stage, this point won't exist anymore. So I don't think you have any other option than to think short term. I'm not saying be oblivious about the risks that you are facing. Always, you always need to be aware of market trends and do your research and analysis, but more to do risk mitigation. If you right now invest in coal without even looking into in which direction the world is heading, then you probably will have a hard time around 2030. However, though, if you build assumption more on what could work today based on where market trends are going, so instead of taking the prediction and build a life around the prediction, you take the prediction and just work with the next step, you will have pretty fine time. And sometimes you will have a hard time as well because some kind of trend just won't work out. But every single step, and that is a blessing about this approach that I do, at every step you will create a value. Either it is a value for yourself or a value for someone else. If you think short term, then you will have smaller things that you will actually achieve. You have smaller experiments. Every experiment, what I call data for other people is value. So if you end up in 10 years and you did small experiments on coal, where all of those small experiments created value along the way, even at that point where coal won't exist anymore, you will be set up in a fairly positive way just because you can build on the value that you have created until then. But be aware of what kind of powers are at place. 
talk to people to get as many different perspectives on the situation right now. I really did enjoy talking to you. But you know, one thing we can advise back is the time. Because time is always going forward and never coming back, right? Let's invent time machine. I will thank, thank you for this productive and informative conversation that not only me, but I believe that also the listeners will definitely find very valuable. I hope so. Thank you. But before we switch it off, I want you to share some of the places where people can, you know, contact you and sign up for one of your programs. First of all, thank you for those kind of words. I really hope that this was somewhat helpful for anyone who was listening. You can obviously find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. It's Levi Yosef. You probably have my name in the description somewhere. The company Leti is being spelled L-E-A-T-Y dot I-O. And this is where I'm kind of presenting the portfolio of different activities that I'm currently pursuing. So just contact me anywhere. Um, I do have Twitter. I rarely use it simply to the fact that I really never got the connection to it. But uh, yeah. I will say again, thank you. I'll say thank you for the listeners. Definitely contact Lady. And the one message I want to leave you all with is go set some goals. Right goals, good goals, wrong goals. Just go and experience how it's actually being something different. Anything else you would like to say before we... Yeah. First, just thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. And every time when you feel that you don't know what to do, in which direction you need to go, just ask yourself, what is the next best thing to test out your assumption? And I think with that approach, you will have a long burning right down there. It's all about testing. Thank you very much. And I will say goodbye to you. Goodbye to you too. And goodbye to everyone who was listening. Thank you.